Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. At IKEA, your dream home is a blue bag away. No matter the size of your space or budget, we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality. And now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products, bringing the dream home is even easier. Like the gray strandum wing chair was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay. Hey, welcome to Ikea, where even this desk is circular. Huh, how so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products, like buying back your IKEA items for store credit, or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com/circular. Visit ikea-usa.com/circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. Think, which is of course Russian for Achtung Achtung. I thought you did that really well, really well. Well, I thought I thought the thing to do was rush through it in a kind of mumbled way, and that would uh, that would you know seal the deal on that one. Um, Eighty years ago, this very day, Churchill wrote to Stalin saying, "No, comrade, we won't be opening a new front of the West any time soon." He wrote this: "To attempt a landing in force would be to encounter bloody repulse." And Penny Wade's would only lead to fiasco doing far more harm than good to both of us. You must remember that we have been fighting alone for more than a year, and that though our resources are growing and grow fast from now on, we are at the utmost strain both at home and in the Middle East by land and air, and also at the Battle of the Atlantic, on which our life depends. And also... And the, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm making myself <laughs> Do you want to finish off? No, 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 I'm all right. Uh, and the movement of all our convoys in the teeth of the U-boat and Fockerwolf blockade strains our naval resources, great though they may be to the utmost limit. Well, um, so basically, 
I mean, it, I mean, the thing is, he's good at that pithy memo where he he's not over promising, yeah, is he? Well, no, um, and no. I think that's something worth talking about on because we're recording this Freedom Day. Well, can I also point out that it is also V for Victory Day today? It's a day that he yes, did his V for Victory speech and he used the V for the first time, yeah. which became yeah. absolutely synonymous. And what's genius yeah. about that is it's not promising anything. Is giving yeah. a, it's a symbol, a gesture, around which those who are resisting the dark forces of the Axis powers can resist, yeah. can foment. Yeah. yeah, gives it's a sense of hope. Yep, yeah. it's a sense of possibility, but it's yeah. not promising what it can't deliver. And it's really interesting because because the 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 symbol actually was uh, invented. The person who came up with it is a guy called Victor Lavalet, who was a um, Belgian uh, politician. Right. And he came up with it in January 1941. And he liked it because it's also, it's victory in English, it's victoire in French. Yeah. But it's also yes. Vrijheid in Dutch, which means right. freedom. Yes, 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 yeah, yeah. So it basically, it, it it's... It, the gesture works in um, several languages, so it's tick effic efficacious in its um, simplicity, and it's basically it's it's an assertion rather than a promise, isn't it? Exactly that. Exactly. It's that. an aspiration rather than a promise. Right. I, uh, that's very interesting. <clears throat> what to what On extent? This day, Church... Eighty years ago. But what did Churchill know about the Vist? Do we know that which way does he know which way round it should be? And all yeah, that no, he doesn't start off with, and then people point out that you know that is like giving the birds. But how split. can he possibly? I mean, he's in his he's what he's sick. He's in his sixties. He's been around the block many, many times. He was in the army. In the he was a he yeah. served in the how did he on the know? Western Front. How could he not know that a V well, sign's a V sign? Well, he, he obviously did, but 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 he yeah, started using yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I think that's better in a way because it's also two fingers so to the I. Nazis. But yeah. someone pointed out that people might take offence at that, and so that's when he started turning it around. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's brilliant, whichever people. way you do it. It's, just, it's, 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 it's like all the best logos. It's simple. But but it's also but it's also it doesn't tie you down. When I write it an Edinburgh show, I always try and, or, or a touring show, I always try and come up with a title that doesn't commit me to anything. Right, unlike Freedom Day. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I mean, honestly, you try and come up with. It's hard to think of a greater shit show than this one, isn't it? Well, and also, uh, you know, that we've had a year and a half of overpromise under deliver. I thought, I thought, when we went into that lockdown, um, the super, super long one for, um, you know, at the start of this year. I thought that they'd sort of figured out the date and not dates thing meant that they couldn't overpromise that they were going to be really really sober. But it's like it's like I don't know. It's like he's reached for the bottle <laughs> too soon, isn't it? It's like, all right, Sonic, one more drink, and 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 here we are. Well, um, after after our our victory in the league on Saturday, yeah. the first of our two Chalk Valley Cricket Club victories yeah. this weekend, um, we were sat in a pub in Sturminster Newton. And I said to him, yeah. so what are you going to do on Monday? Are you going to kind of forget all this, knock on the head all this this sort of, you know, waitress service only, waiter service only? Yeah. And they went, no, 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 we're going to continue with it and masks. Right. Right, OK. I mean, the interesting thing is the public polling is that 70% of people seem to want to wear masks anyway. Yeah. So, I don't, so there's, I've got to maybe say, this, but, you know. Well, I don't like wearing them, but I'm going to, I'm probably going to carry on doing public transport. I will. Yeah, I definitely. Public, public places, t supermarkets. I might not in the Broadshaw you know. Village shop. Right, okay. Well, well you know, it's just... Weird. 
No, no one's got if it there's down a, here. If there's a hot spot people want to avoid, it's the Broadshaw Village stores. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, uh, so but it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? All this. I mean, I do think yeah. it's 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 interesting how. I mean, at the time, the government gets an awful lot of criticism. You know, particularly the Ministry of um, Ministry of Information. Yeah. Or the Ministry of Morale, well, as it's ironically nicknamed. You know, they're constantly getting stick in a way that Churchill actually isn't. Yeah. But actually, I think they do a pretty good job. You know, callous yeah. lives, callous talk, like, cost lives and all that kind of stuff. You know, I think all yeah. those, are, those are successful campaigns. There is this feeling that the draconian government um, legislation is not Churchill, it's more the Ministry of Morale. Yeah. So he sort of gets well, away that's with quite, it, which is quite well, interesting. That's quite, that's quite good politics, isn't it? That's, that's crafty politics, isn't yeah. it? Is it? Um, it's nothing to do with me. Um, it's this ministry that uh, 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 of which I have total control. I mean, uh, yeah, it, 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 is, it is interesting, especially given that supposedly um, uh, the current prime minister wishes he was the one we were talking about just now. Yeah. So, you know. Well, uh, the other thing that's quite funny <laughs> was the Telegraph had kind of, sort of asked me to do this, this, this polemic piece this morning. And... Uh, the the the, uh, the the you know commissioning guy said um, he said to me look I've just got a slightly different payoff um, um, I wonder what you think <laughs> basically said and you know we've lost all our freedoms did we you know did we sacrifice our freedoms in March too easily let the prime minister off a hook you know making all these rules about going for parliament and all the rest of it I said mate that absolutely doesn't work in a second world war polemic <laughs> because <laughs> they were considerably more draconian in the war. Well, times 20 well, uh, than they ever were obviously, at the moment. internment, you know, oh, like for a start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. God, dear. You know, yes, yeah, so, but, but there you are. People don't, they don't, they don't really know that bit of history, do they? So <laughs> no, there's, no, there's so a problem. them right, obviously. So I'm afraid that <laughs> um, completely doesn't Now, of course, work. July 19th is day two of Operation Goodwood in 1944, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. It's all, it's all, it's all happening today isn't it oh, really it really is yeah 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 uh, it's, a, it's a big day you know, in history big big yeah a big day in SWW history it certainly is um uh <laughs> what else happened in July just trying to think obviously Bagration that kind of Germans army group that, centre getting their asses whipped majorly what's happening the following year what's happening in uh the far east in the middle in the Pacific Theatre. Well, it's it's kind of all over by the shooting, isn't it? Um, you know, it's yeah. sort of gearing up for the for the, the drop of the first atomic bomb. I mean, you know, July nineteen forty five. Yeah. That's when it's tested, isn't it? Um, yeah, down in uh, southern United States, and it's kind of all systems go. And of course, it's Potsdam yeah. Conference. Yeah, and well, of course, it's the, a general that's... election as well. Rather amusingly, another reminder to Boris that yeah. Churchill then lost. <laughs> How <laughs> fickle the electorate can be. Well, you know, or, or you know, he'd served his purpose. Is yeah. that fickle? Or is that the, how wise the electorate are? Well, the, you know, the wise, um, yeah, but they're still fickle because you know they're they're, they're turning, aren't they? I mean, you know, that's my yeah. point. You've you, got you Bretton Woods. I mean, I've just go- obviously I've just I've just put it into the you know, internet. Your Bretton vaccine Wood, rollout, Woods. well done, well done, Boris. But you know, if you keep yeah. all the yeah. shenanigans with faux Churchillian piffy one-liners, well, well, you know. Well, exactly. But you've got Bretton Woods gets um, ratified today by the Senate, so that's the, already the Americans are thinking about. How to tidy up their finances? Yes, um, post-war and and uh, stitch uh, the, their uh, former allies up. Yep. So um, uh, it all gets quite economically gets quite hairy quite quickly for the for uh, for the British. Anyway, um, uh, we get, they've got a bit of couple of bits of news before we get going properly. Um, firstly, those of you coming to the We Have Ways Festival, we've put together a program so enticing, so stunningly entertaining. 
It would have got us across the Volga with a single thrust. And what we're not doing here is making rash promises either. This is this is the stuff we have actually got lined up. This isn't a Freedom Day promise, um, nor is this a nor is this a a, a gesture of, gesture of aspiration. This is what we got lined. Up. Unless of course the government locks us all down again, which is you know you it's never not know. Not the realm um, of possibility. Um, fingers crossed. Um, we will be joined by Brian Johnson, the lead singer of how, ACDC. How about that? We've kind of had a little bit of a tentative yes from his management team. <laughs> and for those of you who haven't heard Brian's two episodes on the pod, seek them out. They are sensational. Um, or don't. Very, very or exciting. Don't and just save up for Weird Ways Fest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the first nine chapters of our latest audiobook, Arnhem Lift, is now up on the uh, member site. It's an absolute cracker. Don't miss that. The, the stuff where, I mean, the stuff... In the Arnhem battle, where he's going backwards and forwards to Hartenstein, um, uh, bringing the uh, Divisional HQ um, uh, recce information from the sort of trips he's done out into the night, out into the German positions. And he smudges Hackett, he smudges the map with his finger and gets bollocked by um, by Brigadier Hackett. Just the, uh, the the way he takes you right into the what was going on mm. is absolutely brilliant. It's a brilliant book. Um Right, so should we should we do some questions? Well, yeah, but um, first of all, what are you doing? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Add a berry blast off for your day with the new berry pebbles. A berry twist on a classic breakfast. Perfect for giving those growing minds a blast of creativity. <laughs> with the new berry way to pebbles. Yabba dabba do you with berry pebbles. Head to postpebblescereal.com to learn more. Yabba-dabba-doo and the Flintstones and all related characters and elements. Copyright and trademark Hanna-Barbera. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? <laughs> well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. 
In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy, too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics U.S. wherever you get your podcasts. You, I mean, you've got some... You've been doing more dressing up and pretending to be someone you're not. Well, yeah, no, last, yes, well, yeah, well, what did we do? Well, no, no, this week coming up, um, I'm doing, funnily enough, we're doing the episode about the Second World War, which is interesting. Oh, that's very good, isn't it? So we'll be be on F8 again. Yeah, great. Um, We're going to be doing something with F8, with the landing craft. We're going to... um, do paintball fighting in uh, there's there's a place where you can do paintball fighting with AFVs and they're not going to be Second World War AFVs so they're they're um they're, they've got like a big paintball gun and the idea is because it's me and Henning Venn so Henning's being the Germans and I'm being the British to demonstrate Blitzkrieg he's going to be in a in a in a tank with a paintball gun with a radio and I'm not going to have a radio oh that's just genius <laughs> I love that and you've and got basically someone's going to Yes, and someone's going to tell him where I am. <laughs> and you're and not. He's gonna, and I, I, gonna I won't know. Yeah, I'm not going to know where he is. That's really um, good. And so we're just doing that as a, just as a simple way of telling that story. And I think I'm going up in one of the Biggin Hill Spitfires um, this week oh, as well. Oh, it's a tough gig, isn't it? I know it's really shocking, and we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see how easy it is to scramble, you know, like to to pull your drawers up and run and get in an aircraft as quickly as possible. Well, I've got a, I've got a May West if you need one. I think we're. I think we'll kit it out uh, for that. I think wardrobe are on it. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's it, it's very interesting because 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 the thing is, you know, we we are because the the show's called Why Do the Brits Win Every War? We are trying. I mean, in our own little humble way on this program, which is you know supposed to be a, 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 a an entertaining glance at the subject, we're trying to say, look, actually, the British contribution has been you know um, uh, played down. Not, uh, well, was not inconsiderable and has been played down. Um, uh, so I think we're doing Battle of Britain, and and I think we're doing the role of women in war as one of our as one of our things. Yeah, and and then Blitzkrieg, uh, Blitzkrieg question mark. Um, yes, but, but obviously we're going to do this whole legend, thing with the question mark. <laughs> ex- exactly, exactly, exactly. But I am very much looking forward to blundering around. Uh, and we've got to do it with the hatches down, so we're just using um, periscopes. The you know the periscopes Ooh. can't look properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Henning's going to have a radio, and I'm not, which I think is quite a neat idea. Yeah, it's a very, very good idea. Well, I can't wait to hear yeah. the results. I've um, yeah, I've well. literally just handed in the page proofs of Brothers in Arms, which is very exciting. Brilliant. So it's signed off. The text is signed off. That's Still amazing. Still got sign off maps and pictures, but text is. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's very exciting. Yeah. And, and so. So I'll probably, I must I'll be probably never audio, read but... it again. That's it. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because I was um, I was wondering about this the other day because I've written several books, um, comedy books mainly, and it is an interesting idea, isn't it? That 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 you don't ever read them again. No. <laughs> occasionally, I mean, you, you know, know. But I read the novels occasionally for for you know for whatever reason, but. Um, are you, I mean, you just don't read the kind of non-fiction books cover to cover. I mean, you know, you're going to go off to do a talk or something. You kind of flick through it, and kind of remind yourself of the salient points. But it's, it's a weird, bit weird it? reading your own book, isn't it? It, it? It's a strange thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I've certainly, 
you know, the pub landlord's British book, of, book of British common sense. I've not, I've not looked back at that. I mean, uh, <laughs> have you and not? I've not looked at, I've not looked at the self-help book, Think Yourself British. I've not looked at that either. <laughs> have you not? Not once. All the, no, I've looked at the pub, the pub quiz book. I, I well, I, you know, apart from having to read them as audiobooks, yeah. pub quiz book, I have used the pub quiz book. So, so that, but that's slightly, that's slightly different because it was, it, you know, that was what it's for. Um, uh, the book about politics, the uh, Let's Re Great Britain. I haven't read that. I've read that yeah. since I handed it over. It's very. It's a, and watching war films with my dad either. I, I had to. I revisited a chapter in that when someone asked me asked me about it. But I've, you know, that happens sometimes. They say you wrote this thing. God, did I? Fuck, I don't remember. And then you and then you have a look and realise, you know, what a terrible terrible ass you made of yourself. But beyond that. Yeah, well, it, it, inevitably, it's always the same way. I always, I always pick up m- many more kind of tweaks I want to make in the first quarter. Yeah. yeah. And by the last quarter, there's almost none. And I guess it's because you just, you've kind of, by that stage, you've kind of found your feet. You know where you are. You've kind yeah. of, you're on the home yeah. run. You've just yeah. got into that zone and you're just sort yeah. of generally kind of more pleased with it all, I suppose. I yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see there was an obituary of a, glo- of a, of a, oh God, where was it? Because the colonel got in touch saying that's all completely wrong. Um, of someone, <laughs> um, it'll be in, it'll be in, um, where is it? It's someone who supposedly, that the Times basically said that they'd been, a, that they'd been, they'd flown the aeroplane that um, uh, had landed the men at Pegasus Bridge, right? Nah. I don't um, so. so it, no, so it's. Well, that's a bit, um, that's a bit uh, shoddy from the Times, isn't it? Wing Commander Peter Bailey. Right, and it's uh, uh, the Times asserted that he was the twenty-two-year-old RAF Dakota pilot for the second horse glider that landed the fifty-second, so um, Ox and Bucks at Pegasus Bridge on the sixth of June. Glider pilot being Chris Hebblethwaite, and <laughs> so so someone e- so basically someone emails my dad with this, the colonel. This he's replied, it is inaccurate. He was a forty-six group Dakota pilot flying from Blake Hill Farm. The coup de Mantugs came from thirty-eight group, and were Halifaxes flying for Tarrant Rushton. Tarrant Rushton. So apparently. The, the colonel thinks it's probably Roosevelt's uh, guys. The sappers being sent to blow the Deve Bridge. Well, that's fine. Um, that's fine. Yeah, but it's just this. It, it, it's the, it's so this it, peculiar magnetic. Everything's power Pont de Hoc. Everything's Pegasus Bridge. Everything. Exactly the magnetic power of these things people have heard of. Yeah. Um, whereas you know the Roosevelt story. I wish more people knew the Roosevelt story because it's because it's amazing. Well, you know, we're all um, doing our best. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, should we should we do some should we do some questions for our independent company members? Um, who, by the way, it's very it's very um, it's very cool watching. I was going to say endearing them, but that's completely the wrong word. It's very cool watching you all get together and do your socials on Twitter and meeting up. There's a, pictures of people posing with tall boy bombs. I'm g- glad that we're bringing like minded idiots. Together. I need to catch up on this. I've basically been off Twitter for about five days. I've I've been so head to the grindstone with finishing this yeah. book. And also with yep. cricketing victories at the weekend, and I just literally have not been on Twitter. So, and then also we had our, our Christmas party, didn't we? Office Christmas party on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a big yes, day. That was another day out of not much twittering. Yeah, that was. Um, so I need to catch up on it all. See the pics. Yes, I got I got home, and uh, the Daisy, my youngest, said, "I can smell what you've been drinking, Daddy." <laughs> I came in to give her a good night kiss. <laughs> 
It was fine wine. <laughs> it was fine, fine wine. This was great fun. Really, really good. It was good um, uh, yes, so it was the Cheshire, Dorset and North East Independent Company people who got together. So um, Didn't they get uh, together in Wimborne as well, I think, in Dorset? I think they did. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So there's, yes, there was a Dorset crew. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Well, that'll be DJ Dapper Dan, whose, bro- whose brother I know, weirdly, because it's a small world. Um, right, let's do some questions. We might be playing our, our of- final, our cup final in Wimborne. Neutral ground. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. I'm very fond of the theatre there. Yes, the Tivoli, Tivoli. Yeah, the Tivoli, yeah, the Tivoli. Right, one of our independent company members, John Clarkson, has written in with a fascinating footnote to our recent podcast about the Dutch hunger winter. That was with um, Hans Onderwater, which um, which a lot of you clearly really, really enjoyed, and Hans has been very um, charmingly replying to people on uh, Twitter. John writes... Dear We Have Ways, I've just been catching up with another fascinating episode, the one about the hunger winter in Holland in 44-45. This reminded me about something a Dutch professor at Alder Hay Children's Hospital in Liverpool told me when I was a medical student there in the the 1980s. He said that the cause of celiac disease, which is gluten in wheat, was first identified by a Dutch paediatrician called Dr Dicker. He noted that during the period of starvation that winter, his celiac patients started to improve. However, with the Allied bread drops in Spring 45, their symptoms recurred, confirming suspicions that gluten in the bread was the cause. So at least one good thing came out of what sounds like a horrific time for Dutch people. Keep up the good work. Best wishes, Dr. John Clark's Liverpool. Wow, that's incredible. Isn't that amazing? I mean, but but medical science took massive leaps and bounds, didn't it, in the war? Well, I mean, there's nothing like a a great big crisis and emergency to to, to do that, is there? To focus the minds. I I mean, what... mRNA vaccine research mm. in the recent in the last eighteen months has gone bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean that that is really really interesting. I mean, I mean it's that's you know every cloud has a silver lining. It's an ill wind that blows no one any good. But that is like that is there's a there's a a, a, a gluten free crumb of comfort right there. That's fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not gluten free. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine, a friend of mine is. So I have to buy weird beer when he comes over. Now um, <laughs> I don't know the answer to this one, by the way. You don't? No. All right. Okay. Not really. I could have a hazard a guess, but I might be I might be waffling. Well, well, let let's let's see and see what people say back because right. that that that's often interesting. Anthony Barton says, "What details do we know about the sinking of HMS Prince of Wales and HMS Repulse, and how much did this British Pearl Harbor experience in inverted commas shape Royal Naval doctrine going forward?" I mean, basically, they lack air cover. It's the, sh- isn't it? It's the shock of, it's the shock of how vulnerable these capital ships are to, to air attack, isn't it? It's just a confirmation that. Um, yes, that, that and, and the and the, the radio radio comms were not good that day, were they? Was wasn't one of them mm. on one of them the radio was down or something? If I remember rightly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think what's interesting is is you see with Pearl Harbor, the affirmation that. People like Admiral Cunningham and others, Commander-in-Chief of the Mediterranean Fleet at that time, have already been saying that the the preeminent warship is no longer the battleship, it's the aircraft carrier. Which is not to say that battleships don't have a role anymore, because, of course, they do right up until kind of, you know, the USS Missouri being used in the Gulf War in 1992, for example. But as long as they're safe, you can use them, but they're not safe without air cover, basically. Well, to be fair, I mean, you know, battleships always needed escort ships around them yeah. and, and a task force around them. And that was always the way. And even when you had those strike forces like um, <coughs> Force H and Force K and all these kind of ones that were operating, yeah. doing these raiding operations in, in the Mediterranean and elsewhere, you know, you'd always have a kind of, you know, a cruiser with destroyers. 
Yeah. You'll never yeah, be but, kind of but, a... But the nature of the threat's changed, doesn't it? So suddenly yes. you're, in a, you're, you're in a different... You know, you, you know the, the, there's proper asymmetry, isn't there? Basically, I mean, you see that you see you, you see that at Midway, don't you? Is it is it only it's it doesn't take very many torpedoes to completely change the course of things. No, and the, uh, f- from from single aircraft. I mean, this is this is the I suppose I suppose the, everything. The thing is, when this happens, everything is going wrong in the in the in the um, in that theatre for the British. Uh, uh, for Duke forces, absolutely everything that can go wrong is going wrong. So I don't, I, you know, you, and the Navy really, the Navy are in proper trouble at this point, aren't they? Yes. A- a- actually. Yes. No, and it's the nothing... third battleship of the war that they've lost. Third, I think. I'm certainly yeah. third because there was the Royal Oak in October 40, 1939. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing left um, between between singapore and the cape is there by this point no really nothing no nothing of uh, any significance so you know actually the kind of the door to the cape is wide open um should, should the navally speaking should the japanese decide to exploit that situation but they don't because they can't but it's i don't know i uh, that it'd be really interesting if someone maybe we maybe we need to we need to find out don't we we need steve prince on this well we? we do need steve well we need we steve prince is is due a, a kind of you know return to the pod anyway yeah. but but i yeah. yeah i mean it's i mean it is such a big deal losing a battleship i mean i mean, yeah. I mean it really is and the and the prince of wales has extra importance because it's it's the ship on which churchill traveled to meet roosevelt in august 1941 yeah, yeah. you know so it's a, it's a, you know to lose any ship of that size is a massive massive blow yeah and and the whole point about about the way the Singapore Singapore defences were set up was that they were, you know, it's supposed to be. No one was expecting them to come from the north. I mean, you know, they were expecting yeah. it to come from the, you know, seaborne from the south. Yeah, yeah. And so all those guns yes, facing I mean, southwards kind of weren't really used. But it's but it's but it's all but it's also this sort of period of um, uh, of I mean, it's the second strategic earthquake basically, yeah. isn't it? And you you look the the the, the knock on from this basically is Britain now at, at the. The British absolutely can't carry on on their own anymore. They absolutely do need, you know, and they've got American help because the Japanese have gone to the trouble of attacking America. I mean, that's the other interesting thing, isn't it? Is is you know, in your in your sort of what if file, there's the the Japanese doing this without doing Pearl, without attacking the Americans at Pearl Harbor. And they they could they, I don't see why they wouldn't have successfully prosecuted this same war um, against the British. Uh, 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 dominions in that part of the world, uh, uh, you, you know what I mean. Yeah. And if they if they'd not involved the Americans, what would then have happened? What would it have taken to involve America? And would that would the Americans have got involved? Um, if if well, Pearl Harbor doesn't it's happen, it's a it's a really interesting point. I mean, who knows? And the Japanese effort wouldn't need to be diverted against the Americans, would it? it, it much more success. I mean, then, then maybe you're looking at India falling. And there's yeah. your, there's your, there you go. There's our, there's our big what if for today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I mean, the, 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 from Britain's point of view, I mean, you know, if you, if you accept that the war is really about logistics and supplies, but first of all, you have this earthquake when France falls and, and, and the continent becomes kind of verboten to the British because so many yeah. of its supplies come from there. You know, yeah. whether it be timber, whether it be, you know, meat, whether it be, you know, bacon from Denmark and all the rest of it. I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, there's an awful lot of stuff coming from Europe um, um, imported into Britain. So suddenly you've got to find all this. You've either got to find a solution or you've got to find 
other overseas territories in which you can get that stuff. Then the second strategic FCOI is is the loss of supplies that you lose with Malaya and particularly with Burma. You know, Burmese yeah. oil and rubber and, yeah. and all this yeah. stuff. So, the, and again, timber as well. You know, huge amounts of timber. So, there are a lot of supplies which suddenly get cut off, which they've suddenly got to make good from elsewhere. You know, but you know, Germany has the same problem, but 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 Britain is still better equipped to deal with those strategic earthquakes in terms of supplies than Germany. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the political knock-on of of uh, the, you know all of all of 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 the you know the fall of Singapore is a sort of iconic moment. Yeah. The political knock-on is basically the the rest of the empire goes. Oh well, that's the end of the British Empire then. They're, yeah, they're out. They're out the game as a as a as a as a geopolitical force. That's the end of that, and and that's the that's the moment where, you know, you everything every, everything changes for everyone, doesn't it? And if yeah. you if you're viewing it as a British global um, imperial duke effort, the tenor of that changes too, doesn't it? The yeah. Australians go, oh, well, you know, there's no point relying on these people anymore. Yeah, and they turn to the Americans, and 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 New Ze- the New Zealanders feel even more sort of at arm's length from the whole thing. Anyway, yeah, we but, need to take but. a break. We need to take a break, Jim, because right. we're in massive digression mode here. But we'll return, and you can hold... You, hold my Jim's butt. holding his finger up as, as he said that butt. So we're going to take a break, and his finger will still be aloft when we return. <music> Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray, and James Holland, whose finger hovers... Um, it's still the there. What was the but, what was the butt, James? We've what had we've had butt? how many? I don't know how many adverts we've had, but it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> Some quite long ones as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, my my butt is, of course, is that everyone knew that the the empire writing was on the wall before the war. Anyway, I mean, you know, yeah, there, there, was, there like... was a kind of complete tacit understanding that that you know India was finished, and actually, you know, the, yeah. the war is only delaying the kind of uh, independence of of India. Yes, but it changes the relationship with Australia in particular. Yes, it does. And 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 if you're, you know, if you're looking at, if you're not, if you're not just considering it as imperial, but dominions, if you're going duke, yeah, um, I swear to God, someone is going to use it in the book at some point. Yeah, if you're doing that, if you're doing that, then it, if you're looking at it in those terms, then that's the sort of end of that relationship, full stop, isn't yeah. it? Isn't it? Uh, and it's, you know, that anyway. Though we, what we've done there is we digressed. Tacked as it to use a naval pilots, we've tacked hard away from, from uh, the original from question. Somewhat, and moved the original into something question. a little we've, bit more. But but I, exactly. I like things still rewarding an answer because <laughs> Right, now um Toby May asks, Why was highball never used in combat? The Admiralty said it was the most <clears> important <throat> secret weapon which any of the belligerents had devised, and the Navy had two years in which to use highball, but they never did. Why? Well they did That's actually. They used it right at the very end of the war in the war in the Far East. But um um, what is highball to the uninitiated? So highball is a smaller version of the bouncing upkeep. bomb that is the upkeep, yep. which codenamed upkeep. So the, the the trial bomb was one size, the upkeep was bigger, and then the highball was a smaller one, and then there was a there was another one as well that could have been used. Um, and the highball was carried by mosquitoes. And at the same yep. time, six one seven squadron was formed. So was six one eight squadron, which was mosquitoes, which I think was coastal command. And yep. they were trialling up in Scotland. And the idea was for, uh, as an anti-shipping device, to yep. get into the fjords and all the rest of it. 
and, and try and sink the turpits, etc. Et well, get over, get over the, get over the anti-torpedo nets. Yeah, so that you have all, these huge, great steel which is nets. Where the th- yeah, yeah, which is where the thinking for upkeep came from in the first place. In the first place, over, exactly. Yeah. And and the early early backing of Barnes Wallace's uh, idea came entirely from the Admiralty. Right. So they they are the the key sponsors of this to start off with. Um, but but Barnes Wallace realizes that it has this opportunity to destroy the dams, and so then he starts recruiting various people to his cause, not least Fred yep. Winterbottom. Um, and it's Fred yeah. Winterbottom who gets Portal involved, who is the chief of the air staff, by writing to one of the deputy um, chiefs of the air staff and implying that the Navy are about to get one over the REF. And so the yeah. project, both Highball and Upkeep, are given the go-ahead on basically yeah. the same time. And the idea is that they will the, op- the twin operations will be launched on the same day. So yeah. 617 Squadron and 618 Squadron will both go into action on different targets, both using bouncing bombs, on exactly the same day. But the truth of the matter right. is, the Navy just aren't ready to launch on 16th, 17th of May, 1943. Yeah. So then yeah. there's a decision, what do you do? Because if we don't take it now, we're never going to get the dams. And the dams uh, takes precedence in terms of priority, and so they go for it. Yeah, and that basically yeah. sacks off the the highball plan for the time being. But it is used it is used right right at the end of the war, in the far But you you do have this thing, don't you? When when uh, and the, the you see this with with uh, window, is uh, in in the sort of technology race that something gets devised, invented, trialed, prepared, and then and then people are very reticent about using it for fear that the enemy you know, copy it or come up with a countermeasure. That's the that's the, the issue. And of course, with, with, you know, with Window, they save it for um, o- Operation Gomorrah, for the Hamburg raids, don't they? Yeah. And, it, and it's incredibly inf- effective um, on those raids. Yes. It makes a massive difference. And then, of course, the Germans get, get cracking on trying to figure out a countermeasure. Yeah. And, it, and as it turns out, they've already got their own version and, 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 and all that sort of thing. Well, they, cap- they so do it, capture an upkeep. Uh, an intact upkeep during yeah, the dams that's raid, right. um, and that's I think right. it's um, I think it's the Norm Barlow crew um, when they crash into yeah. the pylons. I think what their 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 yeah um, upkeep becomes attached, and I think they then they do reverse engineer it, but they never use it because they haven't got a plane to use it, and they haven't got the capability yeah. to use it, and yeah. All the rest of it. I mean, the interesting thing about the highball one is it's like oh, we can't use it now because you know the cat's out of the bag. It's like really, I mean, yeah. is that so very different from? You know, people still coming over and dropping bombs. I mean, they're still coming over and dropping torpedoes. I mean, well, is, the, is it that... just that you know, if you then try and attack the attack the the turpits using this device, they'll be more horizontally lined up anti aircraft guns? I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, why can they? Well, no, I mean, there must have no, been a very good it, reason for it. But well, it's peculiar though, isn't it? Because it feels a, it just it's sort of a little. I don't know. Is paranoid the right word? Yeah. It feel it it feel, feels a little. Uh, or precautionary principle, you know, that 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 rather than actually use the thing for the thing it's intended, you keep it secret to the point where it's sort of essentially useless, isn't it? If you don't <laughs> well, use it, it's essentially useless. Yes, and I don't know what happens to six one eight squadron. I think I think they just maybe they, I, I don't know. I, I honestly just don't know what happens to them. But but they I mean, don't. They, they, they don't do the the highball operation, obviously. 
Mosquitoes in the Far East, though, that, that's another story in itself, isn't it? Because they sort of warp and fall apart, don't they? And the glue comes undone. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't cope with the heat heat and the humidity. Yeah, and James Nicholson VC gets killed, doesn't he? Flying a mosquito in Burma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, right, now, Michael Boardman asks, and uh, this is a terrific question. Yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah, ask yeah, about anti-tank one. weaponry in general and the Piat gun. Um, uh, was there any similarity between the Piat and the bazooka, which I'm assuming had similar intentions, although looked to have very different design elements? Are there any similar weapons to these? Did the Germans or Japanese have similar weapons? Which was the better weapon? Well, there, uh, the last question there is the sort of, um, is the giant boner <laughs> contention the that a billion, a billion people are gnawing on. But, I mean, the, the, the Piat and the bazooka, they're t- totally different uh, weapons, totally different design conceptions. They're, they're apples and oranges, really, um, uh, because the pier is a mortar. It's not a it's not a rocket propelled grenade, basically. Yeah. An RPG is what the, the bazooka is. The bazooka is essentially an RPG. And the, 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 the Americans, the story is, isn't it, is that um, uh, the, 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 I can't remember who it was. The, the Americans are experimenting with how to propel a rocket. And someone sees like a scaffolder's tube and thinks... Um, uh, and, uh, how apocryphal is that? I don't know that. Oh, that's exactly it. We need a sca- like a scaffolder's tube. But the thing is, the thing, and, and, and so the, the Americans trial the bazooka in um, in uh, Tunisia, and it's a two-man weapon, and the, there's a, basically a battery at the back, and the second, so the first guy aims it on his shoulder, and the second guy has to wire the battery up at the back to to, to send the charge through the rocket to fire the rocket. Um. And they're known as purple heart weapons because you're guaranteed pretty much to be wounded um, using them because you've got to get so close. And the thing with all of these portable anti-tank weapons is the one thing that's recurring and it starts with the boys anti-tank weapon and goes all the way through to, you know, to modern anti-tank weapons. You have to be really, really close to use them, which means you a you have to be very brave. B, when you fire it, you're wherever and, and. this doesn't apply to the pit, of course. Where, wherever you fire it from, you will reveal your position to the enemy. And see, if the enemy are protected their tanks properly and have proper inf- infantry and tank coordination, that means the minute you've fired it, if you've, if you've been fortunate enough to get close enough to fire it, you're probably going to be killed. Yes. Or, so the similarity, so, so although, although one is, a, one is an, effectively an RPG and one is a, effectively a, a mortar, one, mortar, not yeah. effectively, is a mortar... The yep. difference, uh, I mean, the similarities and why they all get confused is because at their heart is a tube um, yep. uh, and at their heart is suicidal closeness to, to your yeah. to, to your yeah. aiming point. Um, yeah. and that is what they all share. Uh, and they're extremely yeah, I mean, dangerous absolutely. to use. And, and the thing is, <clears> what's interesting is as, as the war progresses, the, the, the range effectively doesn't change because as the, wep- as the tanks get uh, thicker armour, the, the anti-tank weapons become more powerful. And the, basically, you've got to be within 50 yards, 30 yards. You've got to 30. get really... 30. Really, bloody, Really bloody close. Because the point is, if to, you're not close, if you're at 50 yards, you're still going to be... You're still going to... They're still... Chances are you're still going to be dead uh, or, yeah. or, or caught. But you're not going to do the damage because... Yeah. These guys, you know, these rounds don't have very great velocity, so they're they're, they're really, really, really short range weapons. Weapons. Yeah, yeah. They, that, that's, that's why they're designed to be kind of you know far yeah, far out yeah. from a hedge as a tank goes. And I mean, I happen to have this on my desk. The, yeah. The pit round, the pit round, 
th- the interesting thing about the, the round of the pit is it is the tube. So rather than inserting the round into a tube and it then being propelled from the from the tube, the tube is the is in the round. The pit's firing pin goes in the tube. There's a charge here. You cock the pit. It fires. The, the, the pin goes into the pit. The charge fires the round. And the recoil from the charge recocks the pit. Is the big idea. And people, there's this thing about that you have to cock. The pit has a massive spring in it that you have to cock. And you can do it lying down, but you have to use your feet and crank crank the thing really, really hard. But anyway, the the so, so, what then happens? Yeah. So the American the, the Americans launch you know launch the bazooka so to speak. The Germans look at it and go, that's not powerful enough. They they capture something and that's just not powerful enough. They've not they've not got enough juice in that. So they then develop their own uh, uh, bazooka, bazooka copy. Is that the Panzer Shrek? The, that's the Panzer Shrek, and there's a the Panzer Shreks get get the bore gets bigger, they get more powerful, and that's the thing that sort of has a face shield. Yeah. Um, for for you to for you to squint through, and they get that there's two Panzer Shreks. They get larger and they get more powerful. And then then most fa- I think the most famous anti tank weapon of all for the Second World War, the Panzer Faust, which is a which is a Panzer Fist, throw away, um, disposable yeah. um, weapon that could be made in a workshop in your in your basically in your tool shed. It's the big so razor, sort of, isn't it, of 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 these things. It, it, exactly yeah and that but that's a that's a one-shot thing that fires a that fires a hollow charge and again i met i'm i met a, a, a german veteran a very very long time ago who said he'd take it in in the in the ardennes he destroyed a sherman tank from the pigsty he was hiding in as it drove right past the pigsty so he got he got very very close and the 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 the, the difference with all these rocket weapons is they give off a big flash they chuck up loads of dust. You announce very, very clearly where you are. Yeah. Um, and accounts of the pier is that that doesn't happen. The pier doesn't do that. It goes sort of boink and fires the thing. And, uh, you know, there's the famous scene in The Bridge Too Far, the bring up the pier, Michael, Michael Borman, um, if you want to go and check that out. The pier, that, that's what the pier does. It goes boink and launches its round. It doesn't go crash, bang, wallop yeah. and say, hey, I'm over here. But then the boys' anti-tank rifle would kick up so much dust because it was such a big bang when you so you would that. argue so that, that you would argue that the pier has um quite a strong thing in its favor which is that it's 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 easier to be a little bit more anonymous yes and you can fire it from inside a house without setting fire to the curtains and yourself you know um <laughs> uh, and you know the louis, louis hargan the the arnhem lift which we which is our audiobook on the patreon right now hit that he he's for two days two three days he's in a loft with a pier lobbing and you with because it's a mortar you lob the rounds you don't fire them at anything it doesn't fire anything straight unless you're right in front of it you lob the round so he spends he spends the you know two three days in a in a loft with a with a um uh lobbing lobbing rounds at panzers or spgs or whatever and they never know he's there they can't work out where these peart rounds are coming from yeah and I'm not. I'm not saying it's a better or a worse weapon, but it has one really, really key advantage, which you don't tend to give away where you are when you fire it. Yeah. Which, given that this form of combat is so up close, and uh, 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 everyone's on top of each other, that's a that's a that's actually a so, big so, deal. So why is it, Professor Sir Michael Had, when he's in the third battalion, of the Colstreet Guards in Italy, why does he think that the pier is such a dog? 
Well, because I think it's quite a tricky weapon to use. And it's like any of these things. If you're well trained on it, you're probably pretty good with it. I mean, you know, the, 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 uh, is that just uh, But is it also just weapons envy of the other side? I think it might might well, 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 well be weapons envy. And also it doesn't go crash, bang, wallop. So it sort of goes poink like that. So you think that you want a bit more crash? Yeah, but you read that there's there's um, Canadian battle there's Canadian um, battle reports about the about the pit from later in the war from forty four forty five I can't remember um, uh, who it is that writes this but he goes on about what an effective uh, what an effective platoon weapon it is because it's got an anti tank role you can use it as a mortar it's really good for bunker busting it's really good it's really good for you know if you've got if you know you've got someone in a church tower who you're trying to um, you know, a, a sniper or something, or a machine gun, or a, a, an FOO in a church town. You, you you lob bombs from the pier and you use it as a mortar. So it's got it's got right. it's got a bit more role, perhaps than. Um, but the thing is, is it does look Heath Robinson now, and I think what what happens is, it, 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 it you know it has a, and um, historic firearms. You know, the, our friend on Twitter, he wrote a, little, a good little book about it. And there's a sort of, there's basically an 18 month window where the appears as good as anything else on the battlefield as man portable anti-tank weapons go. But the problem is, is man portable anti-tank weapons are really, really, really bloody dangerous things to yeah, yeah. use and to, to employ. And you've got, you know, it, it, it has its idiosyncrasies as well in the way that a bazooka you know, is a really dangerous thing to use too. But it is interesting, isn't it? Because it does seem that, that, you know, throughout the war, you know, and and there's this whole crisis about the kind of tanks and morale and thing that Monty's definitely having to kind of sort of fight in the summer of 1944. There is this ongoing perception that all British kit is crap. Yeah. Which they never seem to kind of, you know, which, which... it's obviously not shared by everybody, but but it's a it's a sort of like but, a malaise that seems to kind of. I mean, I'd like to add a caveat to this that I don't know that I would have a sufficiently cool head to go. Actually, know the pit in the circumstances. Actually, know the pit's pretty effective, really, and if I'm well trained on it and keep my cool, I'll do a good job. Because the thing, the thing, right, the the the, the key thing right in the middle of this is you need to be really, really bloody brave. And, yeah, uh, you absolutely do. I just know, it just makes me think the, that there is there is some really really good work to be done on all this. Yeah, the difference of Definitely. perception, how just just you know and and you know because because we always have, I remember we always have this with our with the history festival you know if we get nine complaints it's like everyone's complaining it's like no it's not it's nine yeah, people yeah. out of seven thousand nine hundred or whatever yeah. Yeah. or twenty eight thousand in the week you know and we get really yeah. het up about it and we're always having to remind yeah. ourselves that actually a handful of pl- complaints is not the same as everybody yeah and it's the same with yeah. people complaining about adverts isn't it. Well, or, or Twitter, you know. Yeah, they had the complaints most complaints ever. They had 420. And you sort of yeah, think, oh, population yeah. 65 million. 8 million people that. watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not exactly. a lot, is it? So, so uh, you know, I think I think there's some more work to be done on all that. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean the thing is, is, is the Piat does look ridiculous now. I mean, well, I don't think so. I think, I think it looks magnificent. Kind of, well, yeah, but no, but by compared to things that, you know, like in Milan that can wire guide a, a, is it Milan that's wire guide anyway? But, you know, things that can fix tanks a kilometre away and all that. The, the, the advances that have been made since make yeah. it look make it look antiquated. But there was an eighteen month window. It was absolutely um, as good as anything else. Anyway, that's it for today. Um, uh, enjoy the sunshine. I'm roasting in my office um, uh, uh, here because it's double glazed with soundproof glass for when I play the drums. And in the summer, it's an oven. Oh, you had it redone, haven't you? How is it? Yeah, I've had I've had it soundproof. I had this new ceiling put in it, and the acoustic in here is yeah. But yeah, but bloody hell, it's hot. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, um, uh, enjoy the sunshine. We're back on Thursday with the first of our expeditions to Portsmouth, where we went messing about in boats, and we had a lot of fun. Oh, sort of two men in a boat, that one. Yeah, um, very we'll, good. We'll, we'll see you soon. Cheerio. Cheerio.